Hey, listen, welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast. This is episode 126. My name is Nathan Wagner, and joining me here tonight is Rob Douglas. What's up, dude? You kind of slurred your words there a little bit. Well, actually, I haven't drunk anything tonight, so we're, we're going. That's just me being me. And uh, also joining the show is uh, Anthony Shelton. Yo, what's up? What's up? <laughs> How's it going? All right. So tonight we are going to be talking about, um, we're going to, kind of our main segment for the night is we're going to be talking about kind of playing a round of video game this or that. We're going to be talking about, selected a bunch of different kind of things surrounding the video game industry, and we're going to be getting rid of one of those things and choosing our favorites. Um, but before we do that, we're going to get into a couple different news pieces. The first of which has to do with Rob Douglas's favorite game series. Rob, can you take it from here? Yeah, so uh, there's been kind of a lot of drama surrounding Ubisoft and Assassin's Creed Odyssey lately. Um, they released their DLC uh, recently, as they've you know already told us they were going to do the scheduled DLC and everything. And the, the first one was the Order of the First Blade or the First Blade or Hidden First Blade. Can't remember the exact wording on that. But uh, one of the things that was really controversial in this was when they release it, they lock you into a relationship that essentially you had to carry forward with and get married and have a child with this person, whether which depending on whichever character you were. And people were extremely mad about this because they spent this whole game be- romancing who they wanted and doing what they wanted and suddenly they get locked into basically, oh, by the way, now you have absolutely zero choice. So kind of screwed all the players over and Ubisoft came out and said, we're not going to change it, but we apologize. When did, then, Do you know when they came out and said that? That was a couple of weeks ago, right? It was about a week and a half ago, a week ago. Okay. And then just the other day they announced, uh, actually, guys, we're going to change it. We're going to patch it so that it's fixed. So, so I don't know. The vocal majority won is what you're saying? I'm saying the vocal majority won. This kind of reminds me a lot of like uh, what happened with like uh, Mass Effect 3. Like, they released the ending, and then everybody had the whole outcry, and they're like, okay, okay, guys, we'll change it. Yeah. I don't so know. What do you think? The, the question I have is, this this is the part I was wondering, because I couldn't find this anywhere yeah. uh, in any articles, but was that um, scenario at the end of the game, or somewhere in the middle, or in the beginning? So the DLC is supposed to take place after the game's main story has been completed, Right, so when that scenario happens in the DLC, is that in the beginning? It's right at the end. Oh, it's right at the oh, end. At the so end. it's the last thing okay. of the DLC that's of this DLC that's been released. And so basically, at the very end, it's like, and now you get married and settle down and have children. Okay. Forget so... being all the mercenary and mighty <laughs> and powerful and running around the all of Greece and killing everything. Now you're just going to have a baby. Yeah. Okay. That I feel like that that kind of context lends a little bit to more why some people were so outraged because they had put like what a hundred plus hours into making this character of Cassandra kind of their character and yeah she went completely off script from what they had imagined. I feel like it would be more outrageous if it happened in the beginning of the game. I feel like it's less outrageous at the end because 
the the problem between the the dissonance between like game story and gameplay is always a problem and this is a clear yeah. example of that but because it happens at the end of the game there's no guarantee that whatever the next dlc or if they continue cassandra and alexios's story in the next game yeah determines like oh yeah like we're going to continue from that dlc it's annoying so I do want to recognize that it's a problem because mm -hmm. you did spend all that time. So I don't want to say like people's outrage is not valid, but yeah. I just feel like it's not as big of a deal when you played the entire game as that way. And then you realize, well, Ubisoft still wants to tell a story. Like yeah, at and the end and of the day, the like is... bloodline, like, yeah, sorry. Only one well, way. I mean, that's exactly <laughs> what happened is they kind of landlocked themselves into this position where they're like, well, shoot, we kind of set this person up as the first of the long lines of assassins. So therefore, we have to figure out a way to create in the story that they have offspring. And so they kind of locked you into this whole like, OK, well, so you got to settle down and have a child and all this stuff for a while. And then you can go back to killing mercenaries wherever you want. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, it is definitely an end story type scenario that they kind of got themselves stuck into i think most of the problem uh i think for a lot of fans is that they just spent the whole time kind of choosing who they got to romance and then they got locked into romancing the person who was as most accounts say completely and totally uninteresting yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would be and a problem fair. Yeah. yeah and so fair. and i mean you know, a lot of a lot of the people that particularly had a lot of problem with this one would be like the LGBTQ uh, community because they had you know you spend this whole time and you're like okay I want my character to romance whoever they want to and now suddenly they're landlocked into a specific kind of relationship so a lot of fans had a right. lot of issue with that especially since um, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is up for I think it's a Glad award which is recognizing it for its uh, progressive thinking in LGBTQ line of thought, and then it locks you into this heterosexual relationship. Yeah. Which, I, I, yeah, the irony is there. The irony, irony is hilarious. That one, which actually I, I think because they got nominated for the award is a huge reason why they're actually changing the DLC. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I, I wonder how much the, I mean, I know it's, obviously very controversial it just seems less controversial to me because it's dlc and therefore yeah. not part of the main game so only a certain select um you know really passionate group of fans who really enjoys kind of the franchise and playing the game is going to experience that as well but the thing uh i think the relationships you carried from the main game carry over into the dlc and then you continue it from there right uh, or sort is of. it just started in the dlc it's just started in the DLC and it oh. doesn't exist anywhere outside of the DLC. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Yeah. I still understand why people are mad. Yes, I, I, I do like, too. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I would say it's to not me, nearly... it's like, eh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I, I never really played the DLC to a lot of these games. And so often, you know, I never considered the DLC canon or part of the story just because I don't want to fork over 15, 25 bucks for a season pass or, sure. big, you know, play yeah. extra content, after, you know, six months after I played the game. Yeah. Yep. Well, if uh, we will continue following that story and see if uh, the GLAD award gets taken away. Now, that would be very exciting, but 
somehow I, I don't foresee <laughs> well, that. It was only happening. nominated. I don't think they got oh, it. Oh, it was only yeah, nominated. Yeah, That's yeah I don't think That's they got it yet. Well, they're one right. of the front runners for it, but okay. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, uh, earlier, I think it was last, the end of last week, uh, Steam announced, um, or the developers of Metro Exodus announced, uh, that the game would be pulled from the Steam store. This game has not released yet. It releases, I believe, February 15th. Um, and it was up for pre-order on the Steam store, and uh, the developers announced that they would be pulling the game from the Steam store. If you had already pre-ordered the game, they would, of course, be honoring your pre-order, and you would be able to play the game. But they were taking it away, taking away the pre-order for anyone else who wanted to play, and it would be available exclusively on the uh, Epic Game Store for one year after it launches on February 15th. So until February 15th, 2020, I believe. And um, so this kind of is the latest chapter in the saga of kind of the Epic Game Store um, trying to be a competitor to Steam and, you know, really giving developers a lot more of their profits. I think it's kind of interesting to seeing how, I mean, this isn't, this is like the third or fourth major studio that's releasing their game exclusively to Epic Games before Steam. So I don't know. You know, I know uh, Valve released a statement about this, and they were they were pretty mad. They the the words they used were unfair. Like kind of great makes, word from Valve. Which kind of <laughs> makes me laugh. It's like, wait, are we a video game huge studio company licensing this whole you know storefront, or are we kids on a playground? <laughs> That's unfair. You can't take our profits. Yeah. Anthony, I know you've kind of been following the story as well, especially with your, your streaming stuff. What what do you think of the situation? Uh, I've heard a lot of people saying that it's anti-consumer. And, you know, obviously mm-hmm. with the idea that exclusives in general are anti-consumer. But mm-hmm. if we think about this, if three people had a lemonade stand and all of them were selling the same type of lemonade – Who's going to make someone come to your stand and buy your lemonade? Right? You have to do something different. You have Mm -hmm. to have something exclusive, something niche, something only you can offer. You're selling strawberry lemonade. Yeah. You're selling strawberry lemonade with lime on it. Like, I don't know, (laughs) like the sugar on the rim. I don't know. Did you see see also like for Metro Exodus, it's releasing on the Epic Store for $50. Right, yeah. When so on Steam it's sixty, so it's actually yep. cheaper on Epic stores as well as if you're the developer, you get to keep way more of your profits and revenue. So I mean, they're, what they're saying up here is basically like a, hey, we'll scratch your back if you scratch ours. Yeah, and that's exactly what exclusivity does. It's mm-hmm. basic business, and it's good business. Yeah, like, it, it is straight up good business. Now, yeah, people are saying it's anti-consumer because. Now you have to lock yourself into a service you may not want to involve yourself with, or you might have to buy a console that you didn't want to fork out money for, but that's only yeah. because you, you just want to play everything and that's fine, mm-hmm. but a business has got to be a business. Like, yeah. When I think in the realm of like PC storefronts, Epic Games, Epic Game Store is free. Steam is free. Right. The games on it, obviously, you have to pay for them, but Epic Games has been offering free games every two weeks. They've been doing all sorts of stuff to... Basically, I think this is healthy because it creates, uh, you know, competition. 
which up until now Steam hasn't had any competition. I mean, and obviously competition we get is pro consumer, yes, which is really good for and uh, you know we want competition because that means we get better deals. And if we can, you know, I mean, we're going to get a, a few of these big, you know, kind of slams in the faces, and I think both companies will rise to the occasion, and and I think this is a win-win for all of us. I think so. I and here's the thing, like people might be calling this anti-consumer, but. As, as much as Epic might have the exclusivity deals, nobody, and I mean nobody, is beating Steam sales. No. Like, that, that is Steam's strength. <laughs> Nobody's beating their sales. Well, yeah. and if you look at any of the other ones, GOG, uh, Steam, or Epic Games, Origins, Ubisoft, Usplay, none of them have even an eighth of the number of games available on Steam. No, but some some of them have more focus though. Yeah. Like GOG is mostly indie games. And mostly older games. Although a lot of the games that come on GOG eventually do end up on Steam. Like most of the old Star Wars games are now on Steam. Most of the old Monkey Island games are now on Steam. Like the exclusivity of what GOG is doing, Steam is catching on and bringing that sort of thing in so what epic is doing is it's really actually creating this direct competition but like you said no one's going to catch up to steam for a while yeah and i think like both of you have said you know this breeds competition for steam which can only in the long run be good for the consumer even if you know in the short run you might be a little upset that you can't play can't get metro on your steam account okay you can wait a year if you really would like to all right uh moving on um our next news piece comes from uh this actually comes from a website called nine to five mac um and it is a report this is not uh this is a rumor that apple is said to be planning to launch launch a subscription service for games um slim similar to like a netflix um but specifically for the apple platform um the there's been five different anonymous sources that have to uh, been talking and said are suggesting that Apple is talking to different game developers to be a part of a new subscription service. Um, this is all still rumor at this point, so none, none of this is confirmed. Um, and I think this is right now just more in relation to the like for iPads and iPhones. This is they're not trying to get into the video game console business or anything like that at this time. Mm. But I just thought it was interesting because um, obviously we're moving more and more towards this model we've been talking about xbox game pass on the show for a while now and i think what happens with uh what sony does with that um with the ps5 i think that'll be a really big question mark for the next generation of consoles as well so uh do you guys have any thoughts uh i'm curious to know how in the world this is going to work because (laughs) if if it's going to be ios games the app store games then what the frick are you paying for? Because most of the stuff is free, full of microtransactions. The other stuff is super cheap. So if you're subscribing to a service and it's subscribing you to like all the cheap, you know, pay once games, that's cool. Uh, But is it really that worth it? Yeah. Well, what the talks are saying is basically Apple would be acting as a publisher for the titles. Um, Apple would take a more hands-on approach kind of in the release of new games and I think curating it a little bit more. Um, but they didn't say, you know, what that means or what kind what kind of um, 
what kind of games would even be included in a service like this. So, so, so if this is like a triple A type games that they're pulling out and they're starting to do a subscription style service for specifically people who play video games on Mac, which incidentally has always been sort of a forgotten part of the market in general, then that would be good. I mean, I could see that being really popular and really something that people would get on board with and be excited about. But if this, like you said, Anthony, if this is just like iOS type games, Apple's like app type games, I sort of think this is going to be the most Apple waste of money ever. (laughs) I, I, I honestly, I think it would be Apple kind of talking to different, um, developers and giving them a little bit more funding so they could make games for ipad or you know on ios that might so now be you can get a little bit bigger you would have a little yeah exactly something that would be a little bit more than what you would see um than what you know 70 percent of what we see on the ios store is currently yeah. but i don't know we'll have to wait and see because yeah I, I don't think people would pay for a subscription to, to you know candy crush 3.9 and every everything else that is on there right now no yeah we need more information on this because it doesn't sound worth it at all no. it doesn't sound no, like not yet so. sounds like a terrible business move by yeah Apple. and this this sounds like it's still kind of like it doesn't sound like it's anytime soon this sounds like something that's still you know maybe a little bit away like at least whatever september when they do kind of their apple reveal or whatever maybe time like that but mm. we'll have to wait and see all right, final news story. Um, we missed it last week, but I want to talk a little bit about the 2018 NPD numbers, which um, this involves North America, um, because in December, uh, um, it was a really, really big f- month for Nintendo. Um, basically, news came out that uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate was the best-selling ex- had the best-selling exclusive month uh, for any exclusive ever, um, which was pretty big. And then also, along with that, the Switch obviously outsold the other two consoles in December, and it was the top-selling console in North America for the year during the during 2018. Um, so it's selling really well, and it had the best-selling uh, year for a console in North America since 2015, since the PS4 in 2015. I mean, this really doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, most of your PS4 xbox one users are you know unless they're upgrading to like the xbox one s or x or you know moving to a ps4 pro most people have already got their xbox ones and ps4s at this point and the switch is kind of the hot new toy on the market still so being the number one seller for 2018 doesn't surprise me at all yeah I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense, especially with having Smash Brothers and Pokemon at the end of the year, with which both sold really well. Um, I yeah. just thought it was a, a good sign for Nintendo, and I think that trend will continue into 2019 and then probably fall off a bit whenever the new consoles and next generation comes out. Yeah, whenever that is. Uh, we will see. All right, uh, that is it for our news segment. We're going to move into our... Uh, um, second segment which is video game this or that so what we are going to do is um i'm going to present you guys with two different things and you guys need to choose uh one that you would like to keep and one that will would be gotten rid of for all of eternity it would have never existed and then we can kind of talk about what the impact and influence of that is um 
So to start us off, uh, choose one to keep and one to get rid of. Twitch and YouTube. Rob, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's yeah, formulating his thoughts. There. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. I'll be honest. I think I would want to keep YouTube and get rid of Twitch. Do you think... What about related specifically to the video game industry? Which one do you think is more important? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> We're going to leave with the hardest question ever. Yeah, it's fun that way. So, like, in my uh, mind, Twitch only be, kind of became a thing because, you know, YouTube Let's Plays and stuff like that started getting more and more popular. But then, obviously, now kind of Twitch has surpassed it in terms of overall gaming views, um, yeah. et cetera. Uh, Anthony, do you have anything to say? I know you're you're a streamer on Twitch, and you're really kind of you're streaming every week and most days of the week. Uh, what do you have to say? Uh, I make money on Twitch, so I'm choosing Twitch all day. Okay. <laughs> so there's, there's that. I mean, yeah. I think as far uh, as the video game industry is concerned, Twitch is more important. But I think uh, personally, I spend more time watching Let's Plays and YouTube videos. And a lot of Twitch streamers will sometimes put their streams up on YouTube and then they'll go away on Twitch. And so I end up watching them there more than I do on Twitch itself. Um, but I, Twitch does have free games with Prime, so I'm a, I'm a, I, yeah, I'm gonna go with Twitch. We'll, do it. we'll okay. do it. switched. Wow. We'll switch. Wow. Not uh, Nintendo Switch. Um. So yeah. Besides the fact that I make money on Twitch, yeah. uh, I do. I've never liked YouTube as my place to get anything gaming related only because typically the personalities just aren't my style in the first place. Um, so when it comes to what I watch and where I get my gaming, whatever from, I'm going to get that from Twitch regardless. Like once Twitch came out, like that became the place for me to check things out. And more importantly, as a person who used to work in games media and used to write reviews, yeah, YouTube has a bigger problem with authenticity than Twitch. Not that sure. Twitch has no problems with authenticity, but because of its liveness, uh, you uh, you could trust Twitch a little bit more. At least the personalities on Twitch. The Twitch personalities are typically pretty good about marking when uh, something is uh, sponsored or anything like that. So it's less uh, scripted. Which makes it, it more, yeah, it, more natural. Yeah, it is for the most part less scripted. I mean, you still got your uh, big channel, you know, the game spots and the IGNs that use it. And well, what. yeah, we're um, using it for those big scripted things. And obviously, yeah, obviously you're always going to have, even if you're just a low level Twitch streamer, to a certain extent you have a certain amount of script you're going off of. But it's not like a YouTube video where you script out every word you're going to say and do all this stuff. So. Fairly, yeah. And so, to be fair, Let's Players aren't quite doing that. No. Uh, not not all of them. But yeah. um, you, you just have less of a problem of who is doing the content and what is the motive behind it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably true. 
Um, I I would say if I had to choose, I would say YouTube, but I think that's just because um, I enjoy. I don't I don't watch a lot of either Twitch or YouTube, honestly. But if there are things I want to watch, um, there's a couple different people on YouTube that I do kind of watch and enjoy, and I appreciate the fact that I can kind of watch it at any time, and not have to be only kind of watch when they're live um which sure. you know twitch That's the advantage has those. of youtube yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right cool absolutely moving on um uh if you could only keep one which would you keep the elder scrolls series or the fallout series elder scrolls what you said elder scrolls rob i did you spent like the first two years of the show playing fallout 3 like every single week is oh, it... I'm still playing Fallout 3, like, very, 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 very <laughs> irregularly. But in all honesty, I've had more fun playing, like, Morrowind and Oblivion and even Skyrim than I have Fallout. Okay. I am very surprised because I've, like, very rarely heard hear, heard uh-huh. you talk about Well, Well, mostly because I played a lot of the Elder Scrolls games before we even started doing this show. So a lot of my Elder Scrolls uh, opinions kind of come from well before. Yeah. Okay. We started doing this, and Fallout Three was the thing that consumed way too much of my life. <laughs> Anthony, which what what kind of a uh, gamer are you? I've never played either of them, so based on what I've seen from the communities, I would choose Elder Scrolls to keep and Fallout okay. to throw away because without Elder Scrolls, Fallout doesn't exist. That's and I've true. always felt that Fallout has been the Elder Scrolls for the audience that couldn't quite get into Elder Scrolls, so they made Fallout. So, um, and Elder Scrolls just has the history behind it. And yeah. you think about Skyrim, that game is still going strong. So... The, the power of Elder Scrolls is undeniable. So, well, and also, if Elder we're just Scrolls, gonna fall out. If we're just talking their online abilities, Elder Scrolls Online is one of the most popular MMOs in the world right now, while Fallout 76 is stretching for the bottom. You, you had to throw that <laughs> in there, didn't you? <laughs> well, Elder, to be fair, Elder Scrolls Online did not start well. It didn't no, start it, as bad as Fallout 76, but it uh, had a yeah. it had a very rough first year yeah yeah but if you look at all the stuff that's coming out now like the new dlc and everything that they're doing like fans are freaking out about it and morrowind came to elder scrolls online so i mean that basically redeems it in everyone's mind yeah anthony so you've never played either of these do you have any interest in picking up the series ever or just no i have skyrim i just haven't had the time just haven't had the time is it it still shrink wrapped (laughs) no it's uh it's on steam oh okay (laughs) uh nice nice um i i have to agree i love the elder scrolls series i played a lot of skyrim and oblivion as well um and i've played fallout 4 the only fallout i've played is fallout 4 and i couldn't really get into it so i have to agree all right um going forward so i was kind of trying to decide what kind of my favorite controllers were and i think it came down between the original gamecube controller or the xbox one controller um right now which is a really really nice controller so if you could only keep one which one are you keeping this one's weird i don't know (laughs) do you what like what's your favorite do you have a favorite controller (laughs) i'm just surprised it's not like the xbox controller with a dual shock or the dual shock 
Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's because I'm, I'm in the, the Nintendo the world and there's a lot of love for the GameCube controller. Okay, that's fine. This is the Halo podcast. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, uh, a lot of people did request the GameCube controller to come to the Nintendo Switch, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's the GameCube controller. Like, it's, it's, it's the, the best Nintendo game. controller. Yeah. It's the least weird-looking controller they've created. Actually, no, uh, it's not. Yeah, that it's is not true. true. It, it, it still looks kind put of your, put your Take your foot out your mouth. and, and get... I, I pulled it out immediately. I <laughs> mean, right. I know the Nintendo 64 controller has it beaten on the weirdness look, but GameCube's, GameCube's a close follow-up. Yeah. Virtu- the Virtual Boy controller is the most... Yes, <laughs> but anyway, the controller I would pick between the GameCube and the Xbox controller is the Xbox 360 controller, to be specific. Um, you like the Xbox more than the 360, the 360 over the one? Sorry. Now, are you talking about the Xbox controller? No, the so the Xbox One, the current Xbox iteration, or oh, the Xbox, Xbox 360. One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, yeah. So yes, the current iteration Xbox controllers. Yeah. Uh, I like more than the GameCube controllers, mostly just because it has more buttons and it overall feels better. Um, but I mean, the GameCube controller—it's—it's it's still one of my favorite controllers. Yeah, I am gonna go with the Xbox One controller just because I mean I still use an Xbox 360 controller for like my PC gaming and that sort of thing. And Xbox, it's just—it's a very natural feeling controller. While the GameCube one, it took some getting used to. Did it? Interesting. I don't know. I I also will actually go with the Xbox One controller. I think it's the most comfortable controller. It's my favorite controller out there. I don't even have an Xbox One, but the times I've used it, it's really really great. And it the feels DualShock, good. Yeah. DualShock Four yeah. is good as well. It's the best PlayStation controller by far. But and Anthony, when I DualShock say One, no, I said DualShock Four. Oh okay. Yeah yeah. yeah. No. When I say the GameCube <laughs> controller took a little game use, you I'm mostly referring to like the X, Y, and Z buttons. I can never remember which one was which. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because they're, they're in a different layout. They're in a weird layout compared to, like, even, you know. EA, X at the top, Y on the side. Yeah, yeah it was just took me a while to get that down. All right, uh, this next one is for you, Rob, so shout out to you. Uh, you can only <laughs> keep one, the Batman Arkham series or the Assassin's Creed series. Rob, you're you're not saying anything. I know, I know. I'm I'm having a moral crisis. Because <laughs> if you think about it, the Arkham and Assassin's Creed series, like they've they've kind of followed the same arc of like great games in the beginning, kind of fallen off. Yeah, and they they've kind of to some extent like built off each other. Like the early Assassin's Creed games, um, the Batman kind of took some of their combat and then made it a lot better, and then Assassin's Creed somewhat copied it a little bit and they're very similar third person action games story wise i think the arkham series did a better especially asylum and city but i've enjoyed more of the assassin's creed games than i have overall batman games so which do you get rid of so i'm I'm getting rid of batman we're going assassins okay going assassins following well as a resident Assassin's Creed fan, I'd, I would be disappointed if you did anything else, despite your, <laughs> your love of Batman. Anthony, it, I know you kind of have a love-hate relationship with, I think, Assassin's Creed. Uh, I do. <laughs> but I would choose Assassin's Creed. Um, and I have very similar feelings towards both, because I loved 
Asylum. I loved City, yes. right? Oh, and yeah. I enjoyed Assassin's Creed. I loved two. I loved Brotherhood. Three was kind of like, eh. And then that's the same thing I felt like with Arkham Knight. I didn't finish Arkham Knight. I didn't like that game at all. It was the weakest of the Arkham games by far to me. And so yeah. that's kind of how, in the same way, I fell off on Assassin's Creed. So I have very similar feelings. But I think because of the persistence of the series in general, like I just have more overall feelings toward Assassin's Creed. So okay. I would get rid of Batman. All right. I, I would get rid of Assassin's Creed and keep Batman because okay, I think fair. the highs of specifically Asylum and City are higher than anything else I've ever had playing any Assassin's Creed game. I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, and that's why I said the story was I love City and Arkham Asylum, but I just feel like overall my experiences with Assassin's Creed has been be- you know, better than the last, the latest two iterations of Batman. Yeah, well, and especially especially Night, I didn't finish that. But I've only ever finished, like, two. I finished Assassin's Creed 2, and I finished Assassin's Creed 4. And those are the only two Assassin's Creed games I've ever I mean, finished. if you're going to finish any, those are two good ones to finish. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. Um, Rob, this one is for y- also for you, because I know <laughs> these are kind of two of your favorite consoles. Um, so if you could only keep one, would you keep the Nintendo 64 or the Xbox 360? Nintendo 64. <laughs> Not a hesitation. Okay. I'll be honest. Like, I love a lot of what the Xbox 360 did and a lot of the games. I've spent a lot of time playing games on Xbox 360. Like, that's where I've met Assassin's Creed and Batman for the first time. So, you know, a lot of love there. But I like Nintendo 64 because that's, like, nostalgia, the games... Uh, those are games I'm more than likely I would play again in a heartbeat and have played multiple times. So, okay. So the nostalgia wins it over for you. Nostalgia, which right. you know, sort of a bitter mistress. Yeah. Anthony, do you have one uh, strong choice, one or the one way or the other? So when I was thinking about this, I. I didn't realize it was going to be choose one, get rid of the other. So I thought oh, it was sorry. just going to be like, which one has the importance in the video game industry? And, yeah. You know, things yeah. like that. Um, and it became even weirder now because <laughs> the N64 Good. is a completely two generations behind the Xbox 360. So it's like, what are, what are we choosing? Like the N64 is still in the mascot era. Like by 360, we're kind of over that. Yeah. So yeah, mine, yeah. mine is Halo, but platformers were still a thing in the x there was a lot of platformers yeah oh yeah 64 so i was like um this should be n64 or playstation but okay it's not so (laughs) ah this one's even tougher because if i get rid of the n64 that means i get rid of the possibility of playing these games on future consoles like the wii or the switch that's true so but if I get rid of the Xbox 360, that also takes away the ability to play all my backwards compatible games as well. So you're making me second guess myself. <laughs> That's, and this is what makes this hard. So the thing is, I have a ton of fantastic memories playing games like Vigilante 8, Super Mario 64, mm-hmm. GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, uh, Mario Kart, Star Fox. You know, the list goes on and on with N64. Yeah. But 
I have some of my highest of highs in competitive gaming with Halo 3 on the Xbox 360. Tons of hours poured into Halo 3. Not to mention uh, Forza 2 was a great game. Uh, and, you know, various other Xbox 360 games um, that were fantastic as well. And so, and, like, I have an, an emotional tie because... I started reviewing games on the Xbox 360. So a lot of the first games I started reviewing was there. So there's that emotional tie. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) if I had to get rid of one, what would I choose? So I think just because recency bias, I would choose the Xbox 360. You would keep the Xbox 360? I would keep the Xbox 360. And and honestly, like uh, recency bias, that's the only, that's the only thing. (laughs) <laughs> I yeah. got because 64 is freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I would keep the N64, but that's because I am on the Halison Games Cast, and my name is Nathan, and I play more Nintendo games than anything else easily, especially <laughs> like I've 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 never actually owned an Xbox. I've always either owned Nintendo or PlayStation. So I, I wish like I had it. a hotter take for that one, but it's yeah. just yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. it's it's fair. Yep totally fine all right rob this one uh i think you came up with this one uh multiplayer or single player if you had to get rid of one which would you choose make your arguments gentlemen getting rid of multiplayer well i'll be honest what's i I know i know i know people on this show are probably sick of me saying this but one of the reasons why i play video games is i will on a de-stress and most of the time when I'm playing video games, I'm looking for story, single-player type games, games that I don't actually have to talk to people because my job is to talk to people all the time. So when I'm playing video games, one of the last things I want to do is talk to people. So single-player it is. Cool. Nice. All right. Anthony? Not that I, not that I don't enjoy playing multiplayer games i'll be on i'll put that out there fans controversy right there (laughs) go ahead anthony i don't know what's so controversial about that statement i enjoy (laughs) multiplayer games but i'd get like there's nothing controversial about that no no it's it's just it's controversial the fact that rob said he plays multiplayer because he never plays it (laughs) oh i think that's this one if if you know me Yes. This one is actually very tough. Yep. I currently I'm playing Just Cause 4. I beat Rise of the Tomb Raider. I haven't played God of War, but I will play that. I love Super Mario 64. Uh, My top four games are all Mario games. Um, Zelda is one of my favorite games. Um, The list goes on and on of a whole bunch of single player games that I love and enjoy. But as I mentioned... One of my highest competitive highs was Halo 3. I was also top 100 in Mario Kart DS. I enjoy playing Overwatch. I do eSports. So what would I get rid of? (laughs) That is a very... Which part of your soul do you want to sacrifice? Right, yeah. That's that's kind of what this is. The longer this segment goes on, the more glad I am that you are on this show today, Anthony. That's all I can say. (laughs) I'm enjoying watching you just kind of agonize and feel like part of your soul is being ripped in half. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, I'm I'm glad my my slow death is entertaining to you. Yeah. I think I would choose, though, I would choose multiplayer. And the reason I would choose multiplayer to stay is because... 
There are a lot of single-player games that have multiplayer elements, but are not wholly multiplayer. Destiny 2 is an example. Just Cause 4 is another example. I count anything with a leaderboard as multiplayer. So, so you're, you're, you're just exploiting so, a loophole so here. You're oh, saying absolutely. Super Mario Odyssey is definitely a multiplayer game because there are those leaderboards for the uh, like jump rope challenge. Exactly. Okay. I like it. Nicely I done. like it a lot. So... Um, that is the compromise I have to make in order to make sure my soul does not tear in two. Okay. So, like um, but yeah, I love single player games. Yeah. I, I would, I'm going to exploit that loophole the other way. Cause there are a lot of really great single player games out there that have a little bit of multiplayer in them. Yeah. So yeah. exploiting this one. Okay. I, I, I would get, I would keep single player games and get rid of multiplayer. But as I've said on the show many times, that's mostly because I'm very bad at multiplayer games. And so <laughs> I'd fair. rather just, I know I can usually beat a computer. Um, I usually can't usually. beat other real people. So yeah, yeah. usually. Unless it's Dark Souls. And, and I'm super competitive. So I have to keep multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. Real. Nice. All right. We've got a couple more here. Um, the next one is a uh, Gears of War or God of War. G O W versus G O W. So Gears of War, you think about it, you have Gears one, two, three, and four. Uh, Gears Judgment. Um, I can't think. Is there any other Gears games I'm missing? Missing God of there's War. A couple, there's a couple more coming. Yeah, there's a couple more coming. You have God of War one, two, and three on the original PlayStation, and then PlayStation two. Uh, or PlayStation 2, excuse me, and then yeah, PlayStation, PlayStation 3. Two. I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, yeah. PlayStation had got them. <laughs> no, no, no. PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3. Uh, then there was... Why wasn't that on the classic? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's a whole nother topic. But uh, there was also all the uh, the PSP and I think a couple of PS Vita um, God of War games as well. Right. I didn't play any of those, so I'm not familiar with them. And then, of course, most recent... Um, the most recent God of War reboot from 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, I threw this question in here because it was G-O-W versus G-O-W. It just seemed like something people talk about. Okay. Rob, what do you but, have to say? I know you, you've played you know, the most recent God of War. You've really enjoyed that. Um, I absolutely love the newest God of War. I'm actually... It's one of my favorite games I've ever played. But... And it's going to seem really counterintuitive to everything that you guys know about me, but I'm going to go with Gears of War. I've played more of Gears of War. The story is really fun, as well as Horde Mode in Gears of War 3 is one of literally the most fantastic things you could ever play. So, I love the new God of War, but I have to go with Gears of War. Rob, I have to... Weird, considering you would get rid of multiplayer... I know. But here but. here's here's where I can agree with you, Robin, back that up, is because you're playing multiplayer with someone else and you're still playing the computer, you know? In horde mode specifically. Yeah, you're not technically playing against twelve year olds who are cussing you out. But it's still multiplayer. It is, still it is multiplayer. but it's a single player game with multiplayer in it. So, you know, mm-hmm. loophole. <laughs> I also enjoyed and played Gears of War one and two and the, I played God of War 1 and 2 as well, but I don't have as much enjoyment of those as Gears of War. So, Rob, I have to strangely agree with you and also, you know. What? So, yeah, I am agreeing with you. I, 
I haven't played God of War, so Gears of War. Okay. Have you played any of the God of War games or just Gears? I haven't because okay. I didn't own a PlayStation until PlayStation 4. Oh, yeah. okay. I didn't realize Same. that. Cool. Well, actually, I had a PS2, but God of War was one of those games that no one in my circle played. Yeah. All right. Um, um, okay. Um, First-person shooter game or RPG? Is this just the whole genre, Rob? Yeah. A whole genre. So mm. this could include like action RPGs, turn-based RPGs, yeah, yep. anything with RPG elements, because that's yep. like literally every game these days. Yeah, practically. What if it's a first-person shooter RPG? Dun dun dun. So what I re- I didn't realize we were getting rid of one forever. So I was like, which one do you prefer? Oh, I should have I should have been more clear on the rules. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> So, I mean, with all the loopholes we've been throwing in there, this kind of, it breaks down in the the nitty gritty, like, is it post RPG or funk RPG or, you know, getting to your music genres where it's like, is it post rock or funk rock or modern rock or indie rock or, um, Uh, here, here, I'll, I'll start. Go ahead, Anthony. You You start. Here's the thing. I play first-person shooters more because they take less time. Mm-hmm. So I would get rid of first-person shooters so I could have more time for RPGs. I like it. There we go. Wait, that seems very counterintuitive reasoning, but I'll, I'll roll with it. it. It doesn't make sense to you? Because it makes no, sense to like, me. If I you... love RPGs and I love first-person shooters, but I don't have time to play RPGs because they take too much time. So... That's why I haven't played Skyrim yet. So you're getting rid of first-person shooters so you have more time to play RPGs. Yeah, because I love RPGs. Okay, okay. I like okay. it. All right, all right. I'm, I'm with I'm, you on I'm, this I'm one. Tracking I'm really you with you on this one. Because I, I, I not only do I not play a ton of first-person shooters, I realize like statistically I play RPGs way more, and I'll put way more time into RPGs and that sort of thing. But... RPGs take a long time. And so the first-person shooter sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, well, I'll just detox with a little first-person shooter here to distract me from the RPG. But if there were no first-person shooters, I'd just play more RPGs. So yeah, Absolutely. And like part it. of it for me, too, is I that like your logic. I, I, am, I am very much a critic, so it's, it's important for me to play a lot of different games. Yeah. RPGs don't allow me the time to do that. That's mostly the reason why I don't play them as much. So I'm get rid of the shocked. first-person shooters. I'm always yeah. shocked when reviewers actually put out a review for an RPG within like a few days of receiving their copies. I'm like, what did you do? Not sleep or eat or use Basically. a bathroom? Like hook up a catheter and go for it? Basically. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep RPGs just because I love RPGs more than first-person shooters as well as I like your logic, Anthony. Yeah. I, I have to agree with you guys. I don't really like turn-based RPGs, but if we're including kind of all different genres of RPGs, almost every game I've ever enjoyed that I have really, really enjoyed is has some kind of RPG elements in it um, versus the... I haven't even played that many first-person shooters, so that's Which, an easy one for me. a double win for me. I get to keep Borderlands because of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Loopholes, baby. All right. 
let's see. Second to last one, uh, Battle Royale or Team Battles. Now, is this kind of like Team Deathmatch, Rob, or Capture the Flag, yeah, or would that include any of I was thinking, I was thinking specifically we, we have some of these like Battle Royale games that are become really popular, like Call of Duty even added one recently, and like PUBG and Fortnite, obviously. But versus like your stereotypical like Halo, it's red versus blue, or you know Overwatch is one team versus the other team, or like even Call of Duty to a large extent is team versus team. Um, you could. Which one would you keep and get rid of? All right. Um, I will go first. Uh, I would easily keep team battles because I have spent a lot more time playing those modes and I enjoy it more because I sometimes if I get really into a game I can play really really hard and try to not be the last person on the on my team and be the second to last and then I feel really good about myself versus if I play a battle royale game um I always die very quickly anyways so I don't know I just don't really enjoy battle royale games and trying to I feel like I'm never going to be good enough to be able to play with a very high level competition that people who end up winning um, games like Fortnite or PUBG um, or Blackout do. So I feel like I have more of a chance doing playing team battles. So here's my frustration about team battles. Okay. You always got that one player yep. who just has to lone wolf it. It's like, yes. dude, you are playing on a team right now. Stop lone wolfing it. So battle royales are for those who uh who enjoy lone wolfing it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. I love team battles, but I'm gonna get rid of the team battles to Ooh. keep the battle royale. So that way the lone wolfers can still lone wolf and I can still have my team battles within the battle royale genre. Boom. That's true. Fortnite. Duos or quads. Or... Duos or quads. I still get to work with my teams. But y'all so, lone wolfers, lone wolfers, go you, you go do you, you. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing: I stereotypically have enjoyed playing team battles because not only does team battles apply to online, but also local multiplayer, playing with you know a couple of buddies in Halo, Blood Gulch, or something like that. True. So I'm gonna have to stick with team battles because, That's in fair. all honesty, when I play battle royales. I just feel like so much anxiety and getting chewed out by 12-year-olds and then they're dancing and doing the floss over my corpse and it's just, you know, it's a traumatizing Wait, experience. Wait, is this so. in real life or, on, or in video games? Because I think this might I do be work real. with a lot of teenagers and so this has definitely happened in real life. The other night playing dodgeball, you know, just drilled me and came, drilled me in the face. I'm laying on the ground crying. They come over and they're flossing. Yeah, and just, I, I don't know if I'll ever recover. So get rid of those battle royales. <laughs> so you'll take the uh, tea bagging and kids cursing over the flossing and dabbing. Yeah, because at least in team battles, I've been able to give a little, and you can always just find, you know. Okay. I Find think what, Rob, what I'm interpreting from this is that Rob knows how to teabag, but he does not know how to floss. That's, ah. that's what you know how to teabag. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, final category in this segment. Uh, would you ra- um, would you rather have games on the go or games on the couch, Rob? I'll let you clarify on this one. Uh, with the Switch, pretty simple. With the Switch, you know, you can take your games anywhere you want. 
you can, or, you know, like a 3DS versus a console that you can't really pack up and okay. put in. Okay, so this is specifically for referring to like PS4, Xbox, traditional consoles. Versus the Switch, yeah. Versus <laughs> the much. Switch or 3DS. So you can't or, just put Switch you know, versus PlayStation. traditional consoles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was also initially thinking, which one do you prefer, not which one do you want to get rid of? Uh, yeah. This is true. Now this makes no. it a lot more interesting. So, what would you choose? I do like to play video games on the couch, and if that means I unfortunately have to get rid of the Nintendo Switch... So be you it. don't have to get rid of the Nintendo Switch. You don't Switch. have to switch. You can couch. keep on it in the couch. dock and sit on the couch. You're you're totally. <laughs> right? You have to get rid of like the 3ds, I think, mate. And yeah. Although I've played my 3ds plenty of times sitting on my couch, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, maybe I have. This question is not the most. Okay, if if you're talking about kind of handheld gaming challenge. versus you know kind of more traditional console gaming. I have okay. to go with traditional console gaming. I have spent far more time doing that. I have enjoyed um, enjoyed it a lot more for the most part. Like handheld gaming is fun, and there's some experiences that really work well for that. But overall, I'd rather play a game um, like in front of a TV, kind of in a traditional sense, versus playing it even on my Switch or a 3DS or a phone or whatever device you may be using. I'm with that. The only reason why I play anything on the go is because I have to. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and the luxury of having that is nice, but I only do it because I have to, not because it's like, oh gosh, like the way I prefer to play my games, I just love to sit on the subway <laughs> and just go somewhere and just play my games all day. Yes. Yeah. Nobody you, does Wait, that. after a really intense game of pickup basketball, you guys don't all go and sit down around the Twitch at the parking at the park and play 2K? Uh, you know, we haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> I think I've played over 160 hours of 2K on my Switch, and I don't think I've ever done that once. <laughs> exactly. So. What? Nintendo's advertisements lied to us? Yes. I'm tired, bro. Let's play 2K. Yeah. Oh, dear. All right. Cool. Sounds good. Well, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, letting me kind of bend the rules and uh, subject you to some truly horrifying uh, scenarios, but that was a lot thanks of fun. for letting us exploit every single loophole we possibly could. Uh, of course, it, it's only fair. All right, we're gonna yeah. move into our final segment and uh, finish off today's episode, uh, kind of talking about what we've been playing. So, Rob, I'm gonna let you kick it off. All right, so I've been playing. Uh, I played a little bit more of the game Dead Effect, which is zombies on a spaceship, super cheesy action game. It's hilariously cheesy this i actually is... thought it was a typo i was like did he mean like mass effect i was like what the frick is dead effect yeah no it literally is like super cheap in the zombies on a spaceship this game is kind of like um uh what is it called kind of like the original doom is that correct like the same it has similar. it has a lot of, well not like the original doom kind of more into like the late 90s early 2000s doom with like the like almost the quake you know or unreal tournament type like graphics practically okay yeah or like some of the older like knights uh star wars uh dark knight series so you must at least somewhat be enjoying this because you played this and you went back to it so it wasn't one of those oh it's super fun it's really enjoyable i mean it's 
extremely cheesy but you know how sometimes you sit down you're like yeah okay i will watch that jason Bourne movie or or jason statham or you know the expendables for the 20th time even though it's the cheesiest action movie in existence that's kind of how this game feels okay nice it's like it's just enjoyable cool sounds sounds like kind of a good just play for a little bit and forget about everything else game and then I've been playing a ton of God of War. That's probably the game I played the most this last week. I mean, it, I'm so close to beating the game. It's becoming a reality. As well as I was looking, you know how like you look at your you might look at your trophies or something just see what you've earned and stuff like that. I have about eight trof- or about six trophies left. Wow. So I'm pretty pretty close to. 100%ing this one and maybe platinuming this game. That is very impressive. Do you, How are you doing on the Ravens? Have you gotten most of the Ravens? I have every single Raven. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. I have every single Raven. I have six of the nine Valkyries. I mean, like, dude, I'm... And you haven't count- beaten the game yet? No. You are such a completionist. A mission or two left well because i was like you know they kind of give you that mo that option to like well you could continue with the story or you could go do the side thing and i yeah. keep doing the side thing and then going back to the mission bounce back and forth the story is awesome it's really great but completionists in me keep saying like hey there's one more thing you need to do over there yeah and the, the nice thing about a game like god of war is all of the side things somewhat tie in a little bit to the main story and help you upgrade your character and they don't feel completely like separate to me at least when i was playing the game that's what yeah so i'm getting really close i hope i might i'm pretty sure i could beat it in the next week or so but we'll see cool well rob i have been playing a game after your own heart and that is assassin's (laughs) creed odyssey i uh was dog sitting for a friend this weekend and he had a copy of assassin's creed odyssey so i logged into my ps4 account and uh got through i think basically got off the first kind of tutorial starting area so i got to about the island yeah yeah the island got to about level six um i was playing as cassandra which was i her character is very interesting um it's kind of fun and nice to be able to play as a girl for the first time for the first time in the series and your choices kind of have more impact than you than i thought they would like i was doing this one side quest and um I went and retrieved uh, something for this priestess and brought it back to her. And she was like, Hey, and it kind of gave me the option to say, Hey, give me my reward and I'll give this to you. No, I'm going to keep this object for myself or I'll just give it to you on goodwill. And I was like, well, I'll just say, I'll give it to you on goodwill. And she'll probably give me a reward anyways. And then I did that. And then she's like, okay, cool. Thank you. Wow. No, no reward. Um, you can send people to me in the future. And I don't know if that'll impact my gameplay later on, but it kind of surprised me in terms that of you didn't get a you didn't get rewarded that i didn't get an immediate reward yeah yeah so the i think that's part of the value behind that game and instantly a little quick correction before people hit us and destroy us on twitter is not the first playable female assassin um liberation had a all female as well as syndicate had syndicate. oh syndicate male that's and right female so Man, I just before syndicate, people I come and like just rip us apart on twitter for like rob you're assassin's creed expert how come you didn't catch that um that, but yeah th- thank you rob because i definitely cool. played syndicate as well and played as a what was her name what v fry that's right that's right and completely forgot that so 
but yeah it seems like a really cool game i don't own the game yet but i think it might be something i'd maybe rent for a weekend or um it's on sale right now too i've thought about picking it up as well just get it just give in but there's so many other games that big open world games i need to play too so just 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 say first person shooters go away we're only playing rpgs (laughs) okay well i haven't played destiny 2 really at all in the last two months so i haven't played very many first person you got all that time for uh assassin's creed odyssey yeah uh (laughs) there's still red dead calling (laughs) all right anthony i know you've been playing a lot of stuff because you um stream on twitch as well so if you want to talk about whatever you would like to um talk about as far as what you've been playing and then talk about your uh twitch as well that would be great uh just cause four celeste and super metroid lately okay mm-hmm. which one which would you like to know about uh, I, I saw wanna... you were streaming celeste the other day and that was pretty cool we we've had just a huge fan of celeste here on the show i know that much but yeah yeah he dropped in i i, I kind of want to know what your celeste impressions are because i played like the first world and really enjoyed it but dude it's <laughs> It's deathly hard. Um, <laughs> I have racked up 594 deaths, I think, and I'm on the last level. I ended oh, wow. the second to the last level today, so I'm on the last level. So I'll complete it next week. But I enjoy the game a lot. It's it's you know it's, it's super Meat Boy esque, very mm-hmm. you know um, precision based platforming. Um, which I enjoy. So um, tricky puzzles, very tricky puzzles. So kudos, kudos to the devs for that game. They 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 are doing it. Uh, a little frustrating near the end of the uh, second to the last level. Um, if anybody's done it, they might understand. But uh, it's it's good. It's really good. I I might want to try looking up some speed runs of it but we'll see yeah i know jeff rants about the music in it do you think the music's pretty good oh yeah i was listening to the music before i even played the game mm. it's it's one of those type of soundtracks it's it's very good yeah. very nice good. um and then just cause four is it as big of a bomb or good or i know just cause has had a little bit of a rocky history lately uh yeah <laughs> I, i've heard I positive like things cause. about four yeah like pretty positive things about four so four i think is being so four i think is worse than three but it's not bad it's, it's not a okay. terrible game oh um, really three, three was you... bad because of the online issues and yeah. Yeah. frame rate issues but three was better um so far um so far. the the thing about four is that the the world is is slightly bigger and um, the set pieces are just a little bit crazier. I haven't experienced a tornado in its in its fullness yet. There was a base that produced tornadoes, so I like saw them like produced, and it was like this like whoa, like <laughs> that is crazy. And that's all just because it is like your entire time you're just trying to make that is crazy moments. So yeah. It's like pure Michael Bay, just make the craziest set pieces, blow stuff up, and have a good time exploring the world. You know, you get you start flying with your wingsuit, that's a good time. Uh, there's all these little side challenges that you can do as you're just playing the game. 
and you know leaderboard up on so it's it's fun the problem people have with it is that without all that set piece explosion stuff there's not really much to it so like it's it's like every michael bay movie ever (laughs) yeah this is better than any michael bay movie ever There's, there's, a little bit more, there's more substance to it in the gameplay, whereas, you know, yeah, it's yeah. literally, but that's the, kind of the thing. Like, but just there's like, no, like, is, yeah, it's like, it's a thin it's just line, explosions right? yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So if you enjoy Just Cause, you will enjoy Just Cause 4 because it's just more of it Bigger, in a different yeah. way. Yeah. So it All is right. the definition of that kind of game. If you like it, you will you will enjoy it. If you didn't, you're definitely it's not gonna change your mind. Okay. And then what was the what was the last game you said you had been playing? Super Metroid. Super. Oh, you're. Oh yeah, last. you're re replaying that on stream, right? Uh, well, I've have you have you ever it. played it before? I've never finished it. You've never finished it. Okay. So this is this is my time to finish it. So. Uh, those are actually the three games I've been playing this week. Uh, Just Cause 4 tomorrow on my Twitch channel. Twitch.tv slash Big Ant Live. Twitch.tv slash Big Ant Live. So I'll be streaming Just Cause 4 if you want to check that out. Celeste will be next Tuesday. Super Metroid will be next Monday. And it might be Friday depending on if Anthem works. So if Anthem works, I'll be streaming Anthem on Friday. Have you gotten a chance to try that yet? At I all? didn't. No, because EA is stupid, and so is Bioware. Well, course, so, but... um, so I tried to get into it. My brother got the VIP pass, and you know, if you had the VIP pass, you had three codes to give out. Mm-hmm. So he gave one out. I was trying to sign up for the PS4, where Jeff and and my brother were playing on, and apparently, if you didn't have the same email of your EA account as your PS4 account, then it doesn't link. So oh, I lost really? The code. Yeah. Oh, that's so ta- terrible. No, it's terrible. I expected you to be able to sign in on Anthem with your EA account and then it would transfer through. But that is not the case. Whereas oh. every other EA game, you do sign in with your well, EA account. Well, literally every Bioware game in existence, Bioware has its own like login type thing and you just... Because like the Dragon Age games do that for continuation and you just log into your Bioware account on your PlayStation... And it works fine. Right. So they, they were giving out the codes and you link them with your EA account or origin yeah. account, whichever, whichever one. Yeah. Uh, and so my EA account is different from my origin account, which is different from my PlayStation 4 account. So which my PlayStation 4 and my Xbox are the same. So either way, I would have lost the code. You, you would have lost the code. Because my There's... EA account email is not the same. Uh, you were kind of in a lose-lose situation. I was, yeah, I was not winning that battle. Nope, nope. Man. Well, I think uh, the rest of you, I'm eager to hopefully try and jump in to Anthem this weekend, but we'll see see how it is and how it runs as compared to kind of the mess that it was in the state, the VIP demo state was in last week. Yeah. And okay. also, by the way, on my channel, as we're as I'm playing games, they're also talking about stuff that's going on in the industry. So that's 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 the big thing we do on the channel so so if so you like enjoy listen every this day. podcast go go watch anthony stream is your twitter the same as your as your twitch uh just added the in front of it the okay. big ant life 
the big ant live on twitter awesome cool well uh we are at hey listen underscore games on twitter and you can find us there and tweet at us uh why we're so wrong about getting rid of the nintendo 64 or xbox 360 or whatever it is you'd like to talk to us about we'd love to interact (laughs) with you there thank you rob and thank you anthony for being here and joining me today um it's a lot of fun and we will leave you guys with the uh um ac odyssey kind of main theme it's called legend of the eagle bear apparently um so that is the song we'll leave with you guys with today have a great day see ya